Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range, or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double breasted black blazer from a new to me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for, but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to About Progress. I'm Monica Packer, a regular mom and recovering perfectionist who uncovered the truest model to dramatic but lasting personal growth. It's progress made practical. Join us to leave the extremes behind and instead learn how to do something to grow in ways that stick. Recalling your values off the top of your head can be pretty tough. So if you need help knowing what yours are, take the ultimate values exercise. It's a free guide ready for you at aboutprogress.com values. Some of my most shame-filled moments as a mom started with the most mundane of triggers. I'm talking literal spilled milk. Uh, for a long time, I felt so guilty that things so trivial could send me into a full-blown mommy tantrum. And after those tantrums, I hated that feeling. And I also hated that I would find myself reacting more than responding to what was happening in my life. Now, after years of working on myself, my motherhood, I'm so happy to say, has improved dramatically. And it's not because I completely overhauled all my parenting techniques, although I'm still always learning and totally up to trying new things. It's more because I got better at knowing who I am and bringing that self 
to my motherhood? Are you finding yourself easily triggered into reacting as a parent? Do you find it hard to respond to issues with your children of all ages in a way that's in alignment with your deeper values? We all get triggered, but it's never about the surface levels of those triggers. For me, it was never about the spilled milk. It was that I felt alone and burnt out and lost. Today, I'm so pleased to be sharing a coaching call with a super good mom named Liz from our community, and she has great parenting skills and she loves her children, but Liz has been finding herself too easily triggered into reacting in ways that don't line up with who she knows she is and who she wants to be as a mom. Now, you all know I'm not a parenting expert, and I know that too. (laughs) So this call is not about me sharing the latest trick that Liz needs to try out when she feels triggered by the chaos and how she could fix her parenting. Instead, I coached Liz on how these triggers reflect deeper fears, how her values can help her step in, ways she can bring her identity to her motherhood, and what she can do to calm herself down in a moment of dysregulation. Whether you're a parent of little ones or your children left the nest years ago, or you're just a devoted aunt and uncle who want to better step in and help the parents that you love, I hope this coaching call can give you the tools you need to find more alignment in the chaos any family life contains. Liz, welcome to a coaching call with me. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I always love to start with a little introduction. So how about you say hello to our listeners and tell them a little bit about you? Yes, my name is Liz. I live outside of Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a mother of two toddler boys, and I'm expecting a third baby girl any minute now, hopefully. Any minute! (laughs) And my background is in education. I was an elementary school teacher, and now I am a stay-at-home mom who is trying to use her pedagogy to raise her children well. Yeah. Yeah. And that chuckle is only from a fellow teacher who then went into having kids and be like, boy, is this different than being a teacher? Because those kids, they knew I wasn't their mom. And it's just different. It's just different. What brings you here today? Tell us a little bit about what problem you're facing. My biggest problem is just emotional regulation. I, mm-hmm. It is so easy because if mothering is 24-7. You don't get to break. You didn't go outside and breathe and have a moment and get back on. You're on all the time. And so for me, my biggest problem is just trying to not take out any stress or frustration or trying to remain calm and peaceful and loving to my kids as much as possible. I snap. Sometimes I yell. Sometimes I respond in a way that I don't want to. Mm -hmm. I get triggered by my two-year-old dumping stuff on the floor again. For the hundredth time, I'm just like, I just picked that up and I just want to be done and move on. So it's just how do I make sure that I am in a good place, that I'm not taking out any frustration or any negative that honestly doesn't always have to do with my kids Mm -hmm. out of my children because they're there with me in the morning. They're there with me in the afternoon. They're there there, and to just be the kind of peaceful mom that I actually want to be. Got it. I'm already getting some great seeds of things I know we're going to touch on. To start with, maybe we can think of 
you alluded to a situation where this comes up for you, but paint a picture of a scenario that might come up a little bit more often where this is happening. This is playing out for you. Yes. So right now I have a four-year-old and I have a 21-month-old who I basically say is a two-year-old because he's acting like a two-year-old and that's where he is. <laughs> yeah. And with the two-year-old, is they walk into the room and things are going to get on the floor. Probably going to have stuff drawn on. The other day I had Sharpies out for 30 seconds and he got into it and drew on himself. You know, like, oh, how, yeah. like within, I turned around to talk to the four-year-old and the two-year-old had the markers. And it's mm-hmm. just like the, frust- the frustration of constantly picking up, making sure things aren't constantly destroyed. And I'm a little bit of a neat freak. And then with the four-year-old, it's that kind of defiant. He's starting to get a little bit defiant. No, I don't take my toys. Well, I'm like, you need to take care of her stuff. I don't want to pick up all your things. Or no, I don't want to do that. Or no, I don't wash your hands. Or no, I don't wear socks. So constant just defiant of will not listen to you. And it's just the constant of not listening plus the constant of baby tornado is what mm-hmm. I like to call him. And it's just like that kind of scenario where you just feel like you just want calmness and cleanliness and just like mm-hmm. things to go a little smoothly. And so it's bumping. And then I, I feel myself boiling a little bit. I feel mm-hmm. the boiling coming up. Okay. And when the boiling comes up, um, what does that look like? What does it feel like? I sometimes on a good day, I like breathe it down. Mm-hmm. But most of the time it's like it boils and I just go rawr, like I actually yell out rawr and I'm like and then I see mm-hmm. my kids do that when they're frustrated I'm like wait that's not how I want them to deal okay. with frustration so I'll yell and I'm like you know I need space you go to your room no. I'm just like I try to remove myself or remove my kids and be like okay. or start punishing harsher than I okay. want to yeah so it sounds like you get triggered yeah a little bit mm-hmm. a lot of it and if we'll zoom out and we look at this circumstantially, this let's give yourself yeah. a little bit of grace there. You're constantly being input sensory-wise. You're constantly being lots of sounds and sights and smells and getting touched constantly. It's a pretty frenetic environment with just little children that are essentially animals at this point of their lives. And that's a lot. Okay. So there's a lot coming in, but your regulation is a great, that's the perfect word for this. And it's actually the right term for it too, is that's what's not happening. You get triggered into dysregulation and you react more than respond in ways that are not in alignment with who you are and who you want to be as a mom. Have I painted that picture right? Yes. It's like, yeah, it's almost, it's interesting because I don't know if just like learning growing up or whatever, but it's almost like, I almost like rage blinders that just, Mm -hmm. oh, just I'm so frustrated to fix the situation is like in my brain. And it aligns that like, yeah, the grace part of me that looking and seeing my children and saying, you're two, you're going to be a tornado. You're four. You're trying to assert your childhood. You're trying to yeah. be a person. And so the part that knows that this is developmentally appropriate behavior. Yeah. Like that part, that frontal cortex that I want to access more than the amygdala response of, I don't like how things are going. Yeah. yeah because you're triggered I, yeah. into reacting with the brainstem which is the fight or flight, freeze, fawn part of your brain. That's what gets in. That's what kicks into gear here. And let me just say, I know this well. I have some special needs kids and one of them, like it was a dysregulation diagnosis for him. And the number one way for me to help him learn how to be regulated, which took years. I think there's a lot more hope for you in that regard. But it was me 
staying regulated myself. So I know this from personal experience, but I also know professionally in one way. The one way I don't is parenting. So even though I've lived this out, I got professional help with how to actually help with my kids, that technique. So I know you know this. I'm just going to say it for those who are listening in is we both know I'm not here to help you with the parenting technique side of it. We're going to leave that to other experts. But what we are going to talk about and that I do have that professional experience in is helping you know better who you are and who you want to be as a mom and how to act in more alignment with that person and what to do when you don't. Because that seems to be another part of the puzzle here, right? Because it will happen. You will get dysregulated, but it will happen less often over time if we're working on the first half of this. Does that sound good for you to work on that, the first yeah. half? I also want to note this like rage planet. <laughs> also has come up over the pregnancy because the hormones are, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's been more and it, it, then it feels mm-hmm. bad. Oh, like when you have your own personal, like physical and emotional stuff that just comes up in your life. And it could be anything from sometimes stress in my marriage. Sometimes it's been external mm-hmm. family stuff, like grief we've gone through or it layers on top of it all. All these layers. And you're just, I think it's for me trying to acknowledge the stuff that is that has affected me and really actually honor that yes. without being mad at myself that I snapped. You've actually done the first step of what's really vital here is zooming out and just taking stock objectively about what's going on here. You just modeled that perfectly. The reason you do that is not to give yourself a pass, but to give yourself more information. So one, you can understand how and why you're getting triggered and look for those triggers to come and better prevent like some other things that are controllable for you. As I'm saying this, like how much you sleep might not even be controllable right now thanks to pregnancy, but maybe it's other ways of supporting yourself so that you can be more emotionally regulated. So we have that knowledge now. Now we're going to zoom in. We're going to go more deep inside about your identity as a mom and how that ties into just like your larger identity. Who do you want to be as a mom? If you were to have your children, this may sound morbid, morbid, But if your children were to describe you at your funeral one day, hopefully like 80 years to come, right? What kind of characteristics do you hope they will say you embodied? I think two big things first. I think it's interesting because I think a lot of times we think about like our own mothers, right? Mm. And we think about the people, both good and bad. And the first thing I want is my kids were like, she was here. She was present. She was somebody who like I knew was going to be there for me yeah. when I needed her. And so okay. like that kind of strength and that stability of this is my comfort, safe place to go to is Beautiful. big. And I'm good with that, but also just like present mm-hmm. for me. I think of it how I like want them to be. Like I want them to be confident and capable in the world. Yeah. And I want to be that person who invokes that confidence and that belief in them to come into this world unafraid and able to face good and bad. I don't believe in like sheltering my kids from pain because they're going to experience pain in this life. I want them to be able to face whatever comes knowing that they're going to be okay and that they have love and that they are loved. 
So I think that, I don't know, it's hard to be like, I'm not really invoking like a characteristic of myself. It's more like I, what I want to leave with them. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yep. And just like that regulation piece, the professionals taught me your child will learn best how to regulate, not by you teaching him, but by you showing him. Yeah. So you showing him, them how to be confident and capable and loving as an adult is the way they're going to learn that. the biggest way, even more than you sitting down and saying the words to them. Oh, yeah. So let me review. You said as a mom, you would love to be present, dependable, stable, safe, confident, capable, and loving. Anything else? Oh, really big into humor. I just like to laugh at them and play with yeah. them. Yeah. Really into just someone you can laugh with and be real with and feel like they can come to the thing. So I think that's, okay. yeah. So I would put there like available. That's different than being present. That's more like an emotional availability. Lighthearted. Yeah. Fun. What sounds right to you? I think joy better. I feel like lighthearted. Joyful. Joyful is probably more. Got it. It's grounded to me. I think lighthearted. I'm like lighthearted, fun. Honestly, that's like your dad is the one who like runs around and gives around with them. Mom is, let's keep it going. I'm going to get you to the next event or whatever. I'm one who's the kids that want to do something and make it happen. But yeah, not like the. Yeah. And that feels out of alignment for you. I can tell that makes you a little sad that you have to be more of a drill sergeant than like the cheerleader or the coach. Okay. So I have been getting so clear with you on this and it might seem like what's, are we actually going to talk about the problem? And yes, we are. And this is how we do it. First, we're going to do preemptively. We want to seek for ways for you to embody these characteristics as often as possible. And the key here is it's not in grandiose, big moments. I'm not going to leave you with a system to do or like a, an elaborate routine to do with your children each day and embody these characteristics or an activity you always need to do or even an event, anything like that. What we want you to do is find moments where you can step in to this person, any part of that person. We need to take this moment by moment. Because otherwise, you're going to be running back into that cycle and you'll still find yourself in the cycle. So let's like just be clear about that, right? That is going to happen. You will just get dysregulated less often over time. But if you're trying to be on this A game, like every single moment of every day and in big ways, that's going to be exhausting and dysregulating. So instead, we are looking at moments where you can use eye contact with your kid while you're teaching them about how to not throw a toy at you or just, or saying, do you want a hug first? And then we can talk about this. A moment. So that's what it needs to look like. What's that bringing up for you? I can see you're thinking that through. It's interesting. What I've been trying to do lately, because I've been obviously thinking about this, is if I see something that's frustrating, how to like kind of start using humor to be like, mm-hmm. being like, oh, baby, turn it over versus being like, oh, that child again. Yeah. Driving me crazy. And to be in the weird way of being like, okay, the kid is driving me crazy. Yes, going to the floor. And then, okay, like, how can I connect and value with that child? So I'll go up to him and be like, hey, help mommy put these little vegetables back in the basket again that you just dumped on the floor 
so that no one can walk in the kitchen without hurting himself. <laughs> like, just redirecting and focus. It's just like taking that time to think, this is bothering me. And then how can I like let my child into the behavior mm -hmm. that we can heal together in it, if that makes sense? Yeah, that's and exactly then, right. Yeah, and I think it's just like, extending grace to myself and to my kids at the same time. Yes. And that's been an interesting shift. More coming up after a quick break for our sponsors. know that I'm all about creating supportive habits, habits that support us in our time and our season. And one supportive habit I took up after my baby was born this year in January was one I'd never really done in the past, and it's meal prepping lunches for myself. I found that having my own healthy lunch ready to go each day was like a little gift to myself. But now I'm experiencing a shift from summer to fall, and I'm finding myself too busy to prepare those lunches like I normally have done on Sunday nights. And this is why I'm so excited to share with you this episode's sponsor, Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. If you're too busy to cook and you're looking for wholesome and convenient meals and you want to skip all the shopping, chopping, prepping, and cleaning with meal prep, choose Factor. Factor sends you chef-prepared, ready-to-eat meals straight to your door. And all you have to do is to heat or to top them on top of salads if you're doing salad toppers and enjoy. I received some vegetarian meals because I love to eat all the things nobody else in my family would regularly touch. And my favorite lunches that have been delivered to me have included this blackened tofu bowl and a sweet potato grain bowl. It's been so nice to have a delicious lunch still ready for me in this very transitory and busy season. If you can relate and you want to get some meals for yourself, ready-made healthy meals, head to factormeals.com slash progress 50 and use code progress 50 to get 50% off. That's code progress 50 at factormeals.com slash progress 50 to get 50% off. As a former teacher, I'm the first to own that traditional public schooling doesn't work for all kids. With my own children, we've done a variety of schooling, from homeschooling to charter to in-person public. If you're like us and your kids need something different, check out K-12. K-12-powered schools are accredited tuition-free online public schools for students in kindergarten through 12th grade. They're designed with engaging curriculum that support individual learning styles. And with K-12, learning is personalized and provides the flexibility your family needs. When school can be anywhere, there's internet access, they can learn at their own pace and in their own place. And K-12-powered schools have state-certified teachers specially trained in teaching online. They utilize hands-on, innovative technology to make learning interactive. K-12-powered schools even offer social opportunities, extracurricular activities, and in-person events. K-12 has more than 20 years' experience helping students get the skills they need to thrive in the future. 
Join the more than 2 million families who have chosen K-12 and empower your student to reach their full potential now. Go to k12.com progress today to learn more and find a tuition-free K-12-powered school near you. That's the letter K, the number 12.com slash progress. k12.com slash progress. That's what parenthood does for all of us. It's, it forces us to have more of that grace, both for ourselves and for our children, because we're all figuring it out together. And as part of that, like when you're looking for these moments and you're stepping into someone who's being present, even if you're ticked off, I'm present, I'm ticked off, but I'm here. I'm available and I'm safe, but I'm still going to move through this with that presence here where I am confident. I know that I can help this kid. It's going to take time. It's going to be hard. They're not going to listen because that's their defiant stage of learning how to use their voice and be independent. But I'm confident that as I continue to be present and as I continue to be consistent in handling this in a way that I feel proud of, he will get it over time. That's a big part of it too, is over time. So we're going to look for moments, okay? Okay. On top of that, now let's talk about what to do when you're in the moment and it's not going well. Like when you feel dysregulated, you're not showing up in any of these characteristics. Can you tell me a bit more about that first? Like, why is it so triggering for you? Let's talk about the power struggle one in particular. Okay. Why is it so triggering for you when your four-year-old disrespects what you've asked him to do? Yeah. Again, like I know, like it's developmentally appropriate for where he is. Yeah. I think it's because... There's identity and feeling like you're failing, like your child is that obedient and good to you and listens to you. And the fear is like, does my child respect me? Am I putting enough authority? Because I truly believe as parents, we're not made to be our kids' friends. We should have some, they should see us and and see us as authority that gives them security in the world that they know that, especially at his age, that there is somebody who is in charge and taking care of him. Yeah. And so there's that fear that does my child listen and respect me enough? And am I a authority figure in his eyes? Because yeah. I guess also like life history wise, I'm a pretty friendly person who people get comfortable with very easily, which is a gift. But I also with my kid, I want him to see me as this is somebody who I admire and look up to and that I want to listen to because I trust them to take care of me. So it's almost, am I not disciplining in the way that gives him the confidence that this is somebody I should listen to? What makes you afraid of that not being the case? What to you, and I'm not saying that this isn't bad, by the way, no. I'm not judging this fear at all. Let's dig into it a little bit deeper here. So when you have that thought, my child doesn't respect me, why does that scare you? Because, let me think about this. Why does it scare me? I guess twofold. There, it must be like also a sense of that I won't have control to be able to manage my child's behavior or control mm-hmm. over my household. So there's a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. And then there's also that fear that you have to learn to listen to people who you trust take care of you and that he won't be do well in life if he doesn't learn how to respect his parents or his teachers or like people who are there to help guide him and love him and he will just think that he can do 
whatever he wants with no consequences. It just it just bodes for long term failure in my mind. Okay. If you don't have a strong sense of I am going to honor authority. Mm-hmm. And I guess this also comes from my faith background because we're we are Catholic and we are very much in like the you are going to honor your father and mother. Yeah. So that kind of like making sure I'm instilling that in him is important to my faith. And I guess I didn't sure. do that. Yes. You yeah. know, it always, it, you probably heard me say this on the podcast, it always goes deeper. Even these parenting issues. I'm going to ask one more probing question with this. When you have that thought, like my child doesn't respect me and you're afraid that means you can't control what's going on in your household or how you're raising him. And also he won't do well in life. What does that mean about you? What do you make those things mean about you? It makes you feel like I failed as a parent. Yeah. I'm failing him as a parent. Okay. So here's another reason we are yet seeing why this is so triggering for you. Yes, it is environmentally triggering to have so much going on and on so little energy. That especially happens when you're near the end of a pregnancy. But it goes deeper too. So when your child is going into power struggle, it's not just about the power struggle for you. It's not just about putting things away. It's about your fear of failing him. Yeah. When he doesn't listen to you, it's not that you're thinking my child doesn't respect me. You're thinking I'm a failure. Which is a lot of weight to put on a situation that shouldn't have that much weight on it. Yeah. One of the mistakes we make in parenting because we are so rightfully eager to be good parents and to do right by these children. In the process of doing that, we mistakenly put the burden proof on the children <laughs> like no. we we ask them to act as evidence that you're doing a good enough job and that means not only are you setting this child up for a pretty loaded life you're also setting you both up to fail yeah because they will make mistakes right they're always they're not going to be perfect children they might live life a lot different or just a little bit different than you thought even just the way they clean up their room one day when they're teenagers. And if we're constantly layering that on, it's hard on both sides. They'll never tell you're good enough as a mom. So let's go back to the value that you wanted to be confident. We want that confidence and that capacity to show up as a mom to be separate from their behavior. Yes. Does that seem like somersaults in your brain to do? No, because it don't take their behavior and their development personally. They're growing as who they are, mm-hmm. but it's not. Yeah, and I get that because it's just something that I watched my own mother wrap up her identity and her daughters and their success and failures. Yeah, and it was not healthy for us. Mm-hmm. It's like they need to have toddlers up from that. It's a burden. Yeah, it's like they need to know that who they are in this world. And what they do and what they don't do is not going to hither my happiness or my joy or anything. And I think, yeah, I think it's trying to take a step back and be like, this is not a personal attack on me. This is a, he's trying to do what he wants to do because he's a child and he's developing and he wants to not have to put his toys away because why would he want to put his toys away? Yeah. He's going to play with them in three hours or tomorrow. That's what I get from my little five-year-old. But I'm going to play with them. I'm like, when? (laughs) So we're in the same boat over here, just so you know. So it's not like we're saying, okay, Liz, now that you can be a confident, capable, loving, present, available, joyful mom, no matter what, 
just let it all go. Like, it's all okay. Just let it all go. Like, they don't need to clean up. You don't need to worry about them being adults that listen to authority or obey the laws. Yes, still all worry about that. But do it with an identity that is your own. Work on helping these children become adults as an adult yourself. Someone who is grounded in knowing that these are the values I wish to embody. And this is how I can show up to this situation with those values along for the ride. Yeah. Kind of like the reason I want my kids cleaning up after themselves is so that they understand like personal responsibility. I want them to understand that you take responsibility for what you own and you take care of it and you're a steward of what you own. That's beautiful. As well as, yeah, so it's about personal responsibility for me. So this is value-driven parenting. This is value-driven living where we live based off of these deeper parts of who we want to be. And it does help us show up differently. So here's what I want you to do from here. From here, I want you to start by trying to find those moments where you can embody any of those values slash characteristics that we shared in the beginning of the call. When you have even a moment, and I'm talking moment, like 10 seconds or less, not even a full 60 seconds here. When you have a moment of showing up as that person, I want you to affirm it in yourself. This is just brain science. And that can be as simple as, I'm so loving, or I was so present there. Or it can be like, good job, Liz. You can even say that to yourself. Give yourself a pat on the back. Something like that. It helps your brain wire that as something that feels good. And they want to do more of it. Your brain is the they there. But in addition to that, when you have a moment where you are dysregulated, I want you to take that deep breath that you said you were working on. But I want you to ground yourself in a mantra of sorts that helps remind you who you are, regardless of if that child yells back at you or as an obedient little child and you get your pride inflated because they're just so obedient. They're just so good. And then you get another child who's not, it just becomes a roller coaster if you're banking your identity off of the kid's behavior. Anyway, other side tangent, take a deep breath and remind yourself, this is who I am. What could that look like for you? What, what could you say to yourself that would be pretty grounding? One thing I say, especially when I have a bad moment, is I am not, this does not define a relationship. Like this, the bad moments or the angry moments don't define who I am. And then also, I don't know, it just, something funny. And no, I actually am a really good mom who loves her kids. And just saying that. And it's funny because it's, I don't know why it's so hard. And I've talked to a lot of moms about, I should say, I am a good mom. Hmm. Like, why is it? Because then it feels, oh, like you're like, you're not like you're better than every other mom or whatever. You're just you are I'm a good a mom. Good mom. Yes. And I think a yeah. lot of times we don't just acknowledge that and say that and own that. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier to be like, I'm a good mom because I'm a growing mom and I'm here. Yeah. Yes. But I was thinking that could be an excellent mantra just to ground yourself. Like, I'm a good mom because your fear is failing. It's not just about them putting their toys away or respecting you. It's about I don't want to fail as a mom. I love this little person. I want to do right by them desperately. And sometimes that makes me act in ways that aren't the way I want to act with them. 
but it's instead embodying, I am a good mom. I'm a good mom. I made a mistake there. I'm going to repair. I'm going to recorrect. And we're going to move forward in the loving way again. Because that's one other piece to this, Liz. Last piece. Take that breath. Give yourself that mantra. I'm a good mom. And then I want you to try to step into one of those characteristics as soon as possible. Even if it's in just the repair and the recorrect work of being like, I'm sorry I yelled at you. I messed that up. Can I have a hug? Or is it okay if we read a book together today? Or can we do something that makes us feel connected or add a joke in there? Then can affirm it in yourself. Can we reconnect? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can we reconnect? Oh, yeah. When mommy gets angry, does she say sorry? Yeah. There you go. See, you are a good mom. You're showing them. You're showing them every day how to do that. <laughs> okay. So Liz, we've got three things. We're, three ways we're hitting this problem. One is preemptively, moment to moment, embodying those characteristics. Second is in the moment, taking a deep breath and reminding yourself in this grounding truth that you are a good mom. And the third way is to seek another moment as soon as possible. Okay. The third is to go back to number one, basically. Find a moment where you can step into that as soon as possible, that true identity in yourself. Okay. What do you want to take away from this conversation? I want to take away the the small moments. I think a lot of times you yeah. just want to be want to be perfect. You want to be so perfect. You want to have big things and mm-hmm. consistency. And oh, I wish I was more consistent. But to be okay with just hey, let me just take this moment. Okay, this is a frustrating moment. We're not cleaning up again. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> and then it's okay. How can I make this attempt to try to get my kids to be responsible to pick up their toys in a way that keeps me calm mm-hmm. and keeps them involved and even if they yell and cry and they're like no and refuse that I'm still able to take it with humor and take it with grace and still love them through the growth you got it that's beautiful I can even see it just their darling and you're doing such a great job look like at him no. cuddling you Yes. A kid who, you know, that's a kid who loves their mom and knows they have a good one right there. Liz, from here, we're going to try those three things. And I also just want to say this won't get fixed overnight and that's okay. Be willing to believe and practice the process here that small wins do build over time. And maybe some parenting techniques can help as well, or maybe some other supportive habits for yourself that you need or asking for more help or family systems, those things can totally come along for the ride. But at the heart of it, I think this is the most important part because parenting techniques can only take you so far when a mom is just coming from a place of total fear. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for spending this time with me. And thanks Thanks for for your darling kids. They're so cute. Yeah. Sorry. I should have warned you to get up at four. So that's awesome. (laughs) We've been at four. They're like, they did it. I'm impressed. Thanks again, Liz. I appreciate you. No, thank you. It's good to, I don't know, be honest and open and be like, you know what? Yeah. I want to grow and I want to, because it's so easy to show the good parts of your motherhood and kind of hide the parts that are just like ugly. Yeah. I hear you. (laughs) That's what Instagram is for. This is real life and I'm here for the real life side. Yeah.
I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants you need to grow. I really loved getting those little visitors near the end of the call. And I was so pleased to get an email from Liz, I think just a few weeks after our call. And she sent me a picture of her beautiful new baby and gave me an update on how she's doing. And I hope that just continues to go well for them. And thank you, Liz, for taking the time to do this coaching call with me and being so brave to share it so publicly too. I'll now share the progress pointers from this episode. These are the notes I took so you don't have to. Those on my newsletter, get them in a graphic form each week. You can sign up at aboutprogress.com newsletter. Number one, when you're not showing up as the parent you want to be, start by acknowledging the facts. Zoom out and objectively gather information about what's going on in the bigger picture and how it's affecting you. Number two, then zoom in. Ask yourself, what characteristics do I want my children to say that I embodied? Characteristics are values embodied. Number three, preemptively seek for moments to step into these values as often as possible. When you do, affirm the identity of someone with those characteristics. Number four, When you fail to show up in alignment as a parent, ask yourself to go deeper about why their behavior is so triggering for you. What deeper fears are at play? And number five, in a moment of dysregulation, take a deep breath and ground yourself in a mantra that takes you back to the identity of someone with the values you want. Then do your best to create a moment of alignment as soon as possible. Your do something challenge is along those lines. Create a small moment where your parenting reflects your values. Those moments, they may seem like they don't matter, but I promise you they do, especially when they build up over time. A lot of how we show up to the world and changing the ways that we behave and our habits included, it all goes back to our identity in strange ways. So just keep trying to find those moments and bow up, boy up that identity in you of someone who can act in alignment. That's my little note to end this episode and cheer you on. If this episode made you think of someone in particular, it would help so much if you could share it with them. And if you want to share in a review, especially, and let us know what this episode helped you do differently or to think or how it helped you think differently. I would love to hear that, especially on iTunes and Apple podcasts. I'm so glad that you took the time to listen. Now go and do something with what you learned today. That, I know there's a dump truck outside my window. I don't know why they always come when I record. I'm like, any day, you just come when I'm recording. Okay. Some of my most shame-filled moments as a mom started with the most mundane, mundane. I gotta get that right. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.